Well, good morning, church family. I can see your smiles from behind your mask. I know you're smiling because I can see your eyes, right? I'm so glad to be with you all today on this Lord's Day in person and also online. I know that we have uh, many guests uh, that have yet to visit the church campus, and yet we are worshiping together as one congregation here at Windsor Road Christian Church. And so I'm just delighted to get to worship in person and online with my brothers and sisters in Christ. We want to just extend you a warm welcome, and I'm just grateful that we're gathering on this Independence Day weekend in worship together. The title of my message today is... A prayer of dependence for Independence Day. And it's based on that portion of the Lord's Prayer in Matthew chapter 6, verse 11, where Jesus taught us to pray, Give us this day our daily bread. Say that with me. Give us this day our daily bread. You know, we know it so well. It's almost easy to just breeze by, but it is our prayer of dependence on Independence Day. O sovereign God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, as your church gathers globally on this Lord's Day, we remain grateful to call you Father, and we gather knowing that our freedom is in the certainty of Christ's redemption. And because of Him, we can boldly approach your heavenly throne of grace and cry out to you for help. And we want to cry out to you for help now in our nation's time of need. God, Father, give us help. Father, we are grateful that we are a nation of nations. There is so much potential in the United States. And there is so much pain. Please give comfort, Lord. Please give comfort to the ethnically diverse people in our nation who feel fear. Father, there are especially black and brown image bearers in our country who are currently experiencing anxiety and pain because of the state of race relations in our nation. Father, many black and brown image bearers are afraid. They're afraid to jog in their neighborhoods, to walk at night, to live as ordinary citizens because of the color of their skin, because of the fear of gun violence or other forms of violence, or because of drug activity in their communities. Father, please help your black and brown image bearers to be able to live without unnecessary fear. And Father, please protect the children. Too many lives have been lost. Father, please, may all people in our nation truly believe that black lives have dignity and value just as non-black lives have dignity and value. Father, you created all humans in your image. And Father, we thank you and pray for the many good and ethnically diverse law enforcement officers in our nation who faithfully serve and protect their communities. We pray that you would keep them safe and faithful as they work to protect and serve 
our communities. And I, I pray particularly that you would keep my son safe as he serves nobly in law enforcement in our community. Father, please supernaturally work in every aspect of our country, in our neighborhoods, in schools, and organizations, and institutions, and churches to eradicate both individual and corporate ethnic partiality. We plead for vetted and qualified leaders in both public and private sectors, in business and state, and yes, in your church. With the prophet Micah, Lord, we plead, give us strength to do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly before you. With the prophet Isaiah, we plead, give us strength to cease evil, learn good, seek justice, correct oppression, bring justice to the fatherless, and plead the widow's cause. And with the prophet Amos, we plead, let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. And Father, we also pray that you give repentance to many in our nation today so that they would turn from sin and to Jesus and place their personal faith in our Savior's wrath-bearing, cosmic, renewing, reconciling, accomplishing death and victorious resurrection. Father, may many in our nation love you your Christ, and your word, and walk in step with your spirit. Father, please give trust to our nation where we need trust. Give peace to our nation where we need peace. Give racial justice where there is racial injustice. Give restoration where we need restoration. Give reconciliation where we need reconciliation. And give forgiveness where we need forgiveness. And oh, how we need forgiveness. Father, Father, you owe our nation nothing, and we owe you everything. And still we beg you, Holy Father, please give a spiritual awakening to our nation. And please eradicate this virus. And finally, Father, please work in this country to accomplish your good pleasing, and perfect will so that thy kingdom in heaven may be accomplished on earth. And Father, when you sent your Son to renew the heavens and the earth into the new heavens and the new earth, may you find us faithful. And I pray all of this in Jesus' crucified resurrected and glorified name and the church said amen give give us this day our daily bread aren't you glad jesus didn't say father sell us this day our daily bread what would that have cost or, or, or trade with us so that we can have bread to eat. But that's not what the prayer says, is it? In Matthew chapter 6, verse 11, give us this day our daily bread. Jesus explicitly teaches us to ask our heavenly Father to give us daily bread. So what does that mean? 
What, what does it mean to pray, give us this day our daily bread? We need to pay attention to this prayer. I don't have to tell you there's a crisis of spirit going on in our country. One author calls it the national humiliation we need. And perhaps, I would argue that the way through is not denial, but in prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. So what does it mean to pray this? Well, this morning I want us to consider a, the physical component, the spiritual component, and the missional component of Matthew 6, 11. That is to say, this prayer teaches us that we are needy, we are guilty, and we are ready. This, this, prayer, this prayer cries, God give us, God save us, and God use us. That's where we're going today. Well, first the obvious, the physical. Father God, we are needy, give us. Does this verse not just scream neediness on behalf of image bearers? To, to ask for something as ordinary as bread makes no sense unless we see ourselves as absolutely dependent on God. We were never made to be independent and autonomous. All we need to do is to, to, to look at that field out to the east there and you can see how needy we are on God. I mean, we can prepare the field, plow the field, sow the field, fertilize the field, but we can't make it rain. We can't make the sun shine. And so Matthew chapter 6 verse 11 calls the bluff on an arrogant, self-sufficient, can-do spirit. We need God and our failure to acknowledge this will eventually lead God to Romans 1.24. Paul says, and God gave them up to their own passionate desires. In other words, we stay with our autonomous attitude and God will eventually say, well, okay, let's see how you do. Here, I'll let you handle this virus. Here, you deal with the ethnic strife. Here, you deal with the political division in an election year. Why is there such a heavy, exhausting depression in our country could it be that we are stubbornly trying to do what only God can do? The, the trifold unrest of virus, race, and politics takes a staggering toll. It has brought us to our knees, depleted. Father God, we are needy. Give us. This verse is meant to yank us from our delusions of self-sovereignty and show us just how needy we really are. So if you're feeling needy today, here's the good news. Big idea alert coming your way. God delights in our dependence because God delights in us. God delights in our dependence because God delights in us. Just as a parent is pleased when their toddler comes crying in need, so too God, our heavenly Father, delights in providing for the needs of his dependent children. Think about it. Jesus' prayer starts with our heavenly Father, God who created the universe with a word. 
This God, greater than the universe, is the God who cares about the crumbs. God cares about your crumbs. And so when you wonder if God really cares about the little things in life, remember this prayer. Do not be anxious about anything, Paul says, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Should I ask God about my job? Should I come to him about concerns over my pay? Should I bring to him any unsettled feelings about the economy? I need a babysitter, should I ask? I need, I need some uh, quiet to think things out. Should I ask? The answer to all these questions is yes, yes. The God who is supreme over heaven and earth, the God who sustains creation is the God who cares about the mundane. He is the God whose power is made perfect in weakness. He is the God who is near to the brokenhearted. He is the God who saves the crushed in spirit. He is the God who comes to those who come to him. So come to him. Think about it for just a minute. Couldn't the Lord have created non-physical worlds populated by purely spiritual beings? Of course he could have, but he didn't. Divine wisdom prefers a stomach and a digestive system and taste buds and every blend of sweet and savory, salty and sour that the Food Network could ever broadcast. Oh, thank you, Lord, for that first sip of coffee in the morning. Huh? Even a loaf of fresh baked bread is how we taste and see that the Lord is good. Christianity is not some theoretical pie-in-the-sky feel-good philosophy. Christianity is about the nitty-gritty of life. God cares about bread and food and water and stuff. God cares about stuff. He cares about clothing, shoes, money, property, family, friends. Someone has called this portion of the Lord's Prayer Holy materialism. And why? Because God cares. That's why. He cares about us. He cares about you. But note the prayer says, give us this day our daily bread. Not weekly, not yearly, but daily. Why? So that we will daily depend on God. And you know in the Old Testament, Israel learned this when God fed his people manna. God provided bread from heaven one day at a time, six days a week. He told his people, I want you to take only as much as you need for the day, except the day before the Sabbath, then take enough for that day and the Sabbath too. I want you to rest on the Sabbath. I want you to trust me on the Sabbath. Rely on me by resting in me. And those who obeyed were fed. And those who didn't learned quickly. But then in Deuteronomy chapter 8, God warned his people about the spiritual perils of prosperity. Deuteronomy 8 envisioned the day when Israel would settle in the land of promise. And they wouldn't be feasting on manna. They wouldn't be pilgrims in the wilderness forever. They would have their own land. 
And instead of manna, there would be vineyards and orchards and farm fields and livestock and springs of water and prosperity. And at that very moment, God said, I want you to take care lest you commit what one author calls eternity amnesia. I don't want you to forget me after I've given you the land. Deuteronomy 8, 7 through 11 says, For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks of water, of fountains and springs flowing out in the valley and hills, a land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees and pomegranates. I hope you had breakfast. You shall eat and be full. It, it is good to eat and be full, church family. And when you do, because of the gift of the good land, Deuteronomy 8:11 says, "Take care lest you forget the Lord your God. Daily dependence for daily bread expressed through daily prayer, so that daily we will remember God. You know Jesus read the Proverbs. I'll show you the verse where Matthew 6, 11 is derived. It's Proverbs chapter 30, verses 8 and 9. The Proverbs writer says, Give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. There it is. And why? Verse 9. Otherwise, I may have too much and disown you and say, who is the Lord? Or I may, I may become poor and steal and so dishonor the name of my God. <laughs> Father God, we are needy. Give us. That, that's the physical component of this prayer. But you know, a preacher like me can't just leave the physical there because of the one who said this prayer. There is a spiritual dimension here. Father God, we are needy, give us. And Father God, we are guilty, save us. You see, our Father not only cares about daily bread, He offers to supply bread from heaven. Do you remember John chapter 6 when Jesus performed the miracle of feeding 5,000 to show His credentials as the Son of God? The very next day, people came back for bread, remember? And John 6, 27 says, do not, Jesus said, do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. On him, the Father has placed his seal of approval. And then John 6, 35 says, Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry, and he who believes in me will never be thirsty. So, so anyone who wants to live forever with God must depend on Jesus like the hungry depend on daily bread. And throughout the Old Testament, God's people depended upon him to send the Messiah, the Christ. And when he finally came, he fed the hungry. Isaiah 25, 6-8 says, On this mountain the Lord of hosts will make for all peoples 
a feast of rich food, a feast of well-aged wine, of rich food full of marrow, of aged wine well-refined. And he will swallow up the mountain, the covering that is cast over all peoples, the veil that is spread over all nations. He will swallow up death forever. And the Lord God will wipe away all tears from all faces. And the reproach of his people he will take away from all the earth. For the Lord has spoken and the Lord did speak. Jesus said, thy kingdom come. And and listen, do you get it? The coming kingdom is like a banquet feast. So it's no accident that the gospels record Meal after meal that Jesus had with people. He ate with Zacchaeus, the tax collector. He ate with publicans and sinners. He ate with the outcasts. He told a parable of a lost son whose return was celebrated with what? The fattened calf. A feast. Listen, the central biblical symbol of the kingdom is not a throne. It's a banquet. Jesus was establishing his kingdom around his own work. And at the heart of it is this sign of welcome to all comers. Welcome to the party. Welcome to the messianic banquet. Welcome to the redeemed people of God. And the banquet was the great sign that God our Father is finally acting to supply not just our physical needs, but our spiritual needs. The forgiveness of sins. Isn't that what Jesus prays about next in the Lord's Prayer? The coming kingdom would not overthrow Roman military power because it came not by power, but by party. The kingdom of heaven is a party. The Lord Jesus did not intend to overthrow Rome. He wanted to invite the Romans to his banquet. Romans and Greeks and Hebrews and North and South Americans and Europe and Africa and Asia, peoples and nations from every tribe and culture and race would be included. It was an international feast of bread and food and wine, a banquet fit for a king. And here's the twist, here's the twist. We would come not to serve the king. We would come to an invited banquet to be served by the king. Isn't that what Psalm 23 teaches us? You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Oh my. Is Jesus not good? And we eat what the Father has we eat what the Father has given because Jesus ate what the Father gave him. Listen to me. Next time your plate has more broccoli than apple pie, you remember who prepared the meal. The the, the next time your plate has a portion you find hard to swallow, you look to Jesus. Because in the garden, the father handed his son a cup of suffering so bitter that the son even asked if it was possible to give it back. And the father said no. And so Jesus, the bread of life, was consumed on the cross. His body was broken. His life poured out. But Sunday... First day, dawn of the new day, 
God our Father raised him from death so that we could eat at his table and depend on him forever. So now, I come to this pulpit filled with bread in both body and soul. Father God, we are needy. Give us. Father God, we are guilty. By grace through faith, save us. And having done so, we are ready to participate by Jesus' power in the missional component of this prayer. Father God, we are ready. Use us. We, we who are full of bread, physically and spiritually, God now asks us, commissions us to be distributors of his bread. God feeds dependent children so that they will feed his bread to others. He supplies our need so that we can supply others in their need. Listen, what, what does a congregation look like when it becomes the means by which God answers this prayer in someone else's life? Oh, let me count the ways. <laughs> you know, this week in our, our church's food pantry, over 30 people were fed because of God. Uh, last Wednesday evening, several Windsor Roaders and I were able to pray with churches from our community as we partnered with Pastor Willie Comer from Berean Covenant Church. We were at Douglas Park last week. And this Wednesday, from 7 to 8 p.m., we'll be at Garden Hills Elementary. We'll be at a location each Wednesday night from 7 to 8 What's the program? Prayer. What do you do? We stand on the corner with brothers and sisters in Christ from various churches and, and we pray together and any passers-by, we offer prayer. We pray for peace. We pray for rest. We pray for trust. We pray for salvation. We're praying prayers of repentance and hope and jobs. We're praying for love. If you have any questions about this coming Wednesday night, please reach out to Michelle Santiago, our outreach director. But that's part of the missional component here, that we might be the answer to someone else's request in this prayer. And, and so through, through us, God has been sharing Jesus to the Faith Community Health Initiative in town. Through us, God has been sharing Jesus at a Habitat for Humanity build in July. Through us, God has been helping real-life families through fundraising and grant ideas. Through us, God has been providing childcare at Salt and Light. In other words, when God answers this prayer, I have plenty of bread, and it means that he gives more than I need so that I might share with those in need. He gives me plenty so that I can be the answer to someone else's appeal to God for daily bread. And, and furthermore, Christ wants me praying this prayer, not simply for the hungry, but with the hungry. So Christianity is unique. When we want to see God, we don't go up on some high mountain. We don't go chant ourselves into a frenzy. We gather and break bread in Jesus' name. That's what we do. 
And in praying for daily bread, we are praying for God's daily presence and provision among us. And we thank Him for His ever-faithfulness. He's faithful daily, one day at a time. One day at a time, God has been faithful. Is that not true, Gene and Debbie McDermott? 51 years today. I may be in trouble for pointing you out on that, but, but I'll, I'll, take, I'll take the trouble. We love you. We need to see what 51 years, that's what 51 years of marriage looks like, church family. Anybody else's anniversary today? All right. Hmm. We're going to have communion now. The bread and the cup. Symbols of God's physical and spiritual provision. Symbols of the great feast to come when heaven comes to earth. The new heavens and the new earth. And as we get ready to share in the Lord's Supper, I want you to bring in your mind and heart someone with you. Someone who desperately needs bread. Bring them with you. Who is that person in your heart? And then ask yourself what this friend might mean when he or she prays, give me this day my daily bread. And ask yourself how you might become a part of God's answer to this prayer. Because listen to me, the only reason we're at this table is because Jesus made it a habit of celebrating parties with all the wrong people. So isn't it about time we do the same? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. And the church said, Amen. Amen.